Greetings, listeners. This is Dr. Muji. And Yabade is here too, as always. Listeners, this is a Friday night that my mom and I are recording. A Friday night. That is the level of devotion that we have to this podcast. As much as it's one of our favorite hobbies, obviously, we clearly want to be there for you guys and to make sure we're here to the point where even after a busy, hectic week, we are making sure that this is what we get done on a Friday night. Let me just tell you, there are a million other things that I probably would rather be doing, but out of the love and devotion for our listeners, we're here, we're getting it done. So all we ask in return as a show of your gratitude for our devotion to this podcast is to text along as you listen or text whenever, share your feedback. We love hearing it. The number you'll be texting is 650-360-7282. And remember to leave a review wherever you're listening and share it with your loved ones. Share it with the next person you run into, whoever that person is, whether they're a stranger or someone you know very well, just mention the podcast to them. I think that's a fair exchange. Our Friday nights for your leaving a review and sharing the podcast with those you know. What we're getting ready to talk about today it can be a very delicate topic. And I think for you listeners, my mom and I are going to try our best to navigate this as lightly as we possibly can, despite the fact that we realize that the backdrop that exists with this particular topic can be quite difficult. It can be very overwhelming and can really be something that some of you are struggling with as we speak today or as you listen to us here today. So we aren't taking this topic lightly. It's just that for the sake of this episode and for the sake of this podcast, we want to approach this in a way that will be relatable for every single person. Not everyone might be in your exact circumstance, but just know that we're here for each and every one of you. If there's a more personalized version of the discussion that you would like to hear or receive advice about, let us know. That's what the email is for. That's what the phone number is for. Text us. But for the sake of the topic, we're covering it in our usual style. We're going to try to have fun with it, but we recognize that it's not necessarily going to always be a quote unquote fun topic for every single person. So with that, today's topic is body image. It's so highly relevant in this day and age. Our images are plastered everywhere. It's all over the internet. Well, not all of us, actually. I guess I shouldn't generalize so much, but for the majority of us, pictures of us are floating around online. Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yours. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can see so many photos of you online, mom. What are you trying to say right now? But even growing up for me in the early 2000s, this topic was still highly relevant. There were still so many platforms like magazines and blogs where you were heavily exposed to all of these different photographs of other people. And some of these images were altered digitally. They were airbrushed, photoshopped in various ways. And the same consequences that come with seeing some of these altered images or images that look a consistent way is that it can influence how you even view yourself or what you compare yourself to. Regardless of whether you're looking at photos on Instagram or videos on TikTok or whether you were looking at magazines, 
the effects can still be pretty similar. There can still be many questions that you ask yourself about your own body. There can be certain downstream consequences that come from that continued exposure to something that in many cases has been altered, but you know we don't necessarily always know that. So mom, let's discuss body image. Can you give us a breakdown of what exactly that means, especially from a psychology perspective? Yes, body image is a very important topic and very pertinent. Uh, as you've indicated, the various depictions, not only of women, but men um, online, on the internet, and uh, the fact that many of us compare ourselves to such photos, images, and things like that. So body image is what you think your physical appearance is. It's a mental representation that you actually create about your body. How you see your body, it's from your own eyes. It also would include how you feel about your body, even when you can't see it. Even when you're not looking at it, how do you feel about it? What do you feel about it? And neurologically, when we talk about our body image, it's actually a kind of map in our brain. It's the arrangement in your head, which has sections that are devoted to processing sensations that send commands to certain body parts. So this image, the idea may or may not be how you truly look or feel. So it's your subjective physical appearance that may not necessarily be your objective or actual physical appearance. There was um, a recent international survey, and in that survey, it was found out that slightly over 50% of women and slightly less than 50% of men are dissatisfied with their overall appearance. Note that one's body image is distorted or can be distorted in a variety of ways. So mom, I think you've touched on a few really important points there. The first is that a dissatisfaction or this altered body image that you may have is not something that's gender exclusive. It isn't just women, for example, or those who identify as women that are struggling with their body image. Another important point there is that there is this distortion. So body image is really just how you view your body, but very often there can be a distortion in what you're seeing and how you're feeling versus what actually exists. And I think of so many dear friends and I run into this situation too, where maybe you just don't feel great. You feel a little bloated. You feel as if you're just not fitting into your clothes like you used to, or like you normally do. And the image that you build up is something that just stretches far from reality to the point where sometimes you do need close friends or even family to pull you back, to reel you in and let you know how great you still look. In fact, listeners, let me tell you this right now. If you are having that kind of day, that type of moment, trust me when I say you look great, you look lovely, but our body image, it's something that, you know, it takes such a big place. It 
it has this huge resonance in our brains in how we think about ourselves, the confidence that we have. And it's part of why it feels so important for us to be here today, mom, to discuss this. Because as trivial as it may seem, this image that we create, that we build, it has major consequences for the rest of our well-being, for the rest of our happiness. And we'll get into that more later. For now, I think a big takeaway, mom, is that when I hear of body image, I also think of those who either have known someone with an eating disorder or might be struggling with one themselves. We all can appreciate how pervasive a distorted body image can be. When someone you care about or even you yourself describe or see something in the mirror that's so far from reality, that's then leading or prompting them or even you to engage in unhealthy behaviors, it's painful. And it takes a toll not only mentally, but physically. But even outside of this context, outside of weight, each of us might have our own different body image concerns. It could be that you fixate on certain quote unquote flaws. You feel shame or worry about particular features, how they'll be welcomed or whether they won't be welcomed by others around us, by other members of whatever society we're living in. We've all more than likely been there. So mom, if you could help us understand what ways can our images actually be distorted? What forms can this take on? Yes, my daughter, our body image go beyond even our bodies or our conception of our bodies. Because in looking at it that way, you are only focusing on the individualistic aspects. There's also the collectivist component in which you are looking at your body image in terms of your social group in terms of you comparing yourself to others. And some use the word self-objectification to describe that collective component. Generally, our views of ourselves, our body image can be traced to the views of our parents, the stories that some parents will tell their kids, maybe that dad, you know, comments about your look, And mothers, too, sometimes what they will tell their children about their look might um, have a significant and a negative impact on them later on. Beyond our parents, there are other early experiences, too, that might contribute to our body image. When I think of myself personally, for instance, I think of when I was very young and I was very in quote-unquote, relatively hairy compared to my other peers. And at that time, I didn't know anything about shaving. I also think of times when, uh, at that time, growing up during puberty, I had a lot of pimples, acne on my face. And when I compare myself to others too, I also see that, wow, I seem to have more than other people. So there's this internal aspect that is associated with our feelings, our emotions, our mood about our body image, about how we look and about how we feel. And of course, there are other factors that can contribute to a distorted body image to the extent that psychologists even have a disorder 
they refer to body dysmorphic disorder, which is a severe kind of negative body image. And so for some folks, they will be highly dissatisfied with even what might be minor or unnoticeable flaws in appearance, but they obsess on these significantly. Well, and that's what's so interesting, mom, is that I I do see where even for me personally, a lot of my body image and how I really view my own body, especially compared to other members of society, a lot of that I can trace back to my upbringing and even what I would hear at home. And I think what's interesting is that I seem to have inherited a lot of your body image concerns. I know it's not a genetic passing. I know that it's based on what I heard. I remember and can think back to hearing you share your experiences as you navigated your journey with you know, body hair and with even your skin. And it's funny because I can't help but think, you know, what would I even be like? What would my relationship with my body be like if despite your experiences, mom, maybe you didn't share them, maybe you kept them to yourself. How would I feel about my own body hair, for example? Because I know how I feel about my body hair, but I feel the same way you do, not necessarily based on what I'm objectively seeing on my body, but just based on what I've heard you recount about your own experiences. And it's something that, like I said, I can't help but wonder What would my perception of even my own body image be like if I hadn't heard some of these stories? I mean, they were entertaining. Trust me, listeners, if you hear some of the stories, maybe another episode, another day, we'll do some sort of sharing, mom. Actually, I can share one. Oh, you're you're ready? (laughs) Yes, I can share one. You're willing, you're ready. Okay. Yes. And I don't know whether I've shared it with you before. I mean, but there's some comments that I've heard growing up about my body hair from maybe teachers, you know, when I was uh, much younger. That Yikes, how concerning. I have one experience where I went into the, um, uh, the principal's office and there were some teachers there and I had one commenting, wow, if this girl has this much amount of hair on her legs, then you can just imagine. And honestly, oh, I wanted to run out of the office because I was so embarrassed. I mean, these are experiences that if it happens right now, the teacher will be fired. Exactly. Because Because that is a disgusting comment to make. It's a disgusting comment. And I'm thinking of uh, being 16 years of age. Wow. And then in front of all the teachers, you are saying that. Anyway, those are some things that uh, made me extra conscious about my body, you know, And I can even, growing up, even later on in university days, of course, some of my friends said, oh, Moji, you know, you can begin to shave and whatever. And the first time I would wax my legs, if you saw how all my friends were going, ah, Moji, you have beautiful legs. Oh, my God, why haven't you been doing all these years? And I wasn't, I had no problems with my legs. I had no problems with my arms. I was okay. But of course, when you compare or you hear other people's responses to you, then you become self-conscious and then you become overly worried. And then you begin to look, you know, for solutions. Right. You know, so that's an experience. 
It's so unfortunate though, because what you've described here is how I feel, but yours is very different because it's met at the hands of almost your attempt to fit in, to not be criticized so blatantly, to not be so objectified based on something like body hair, to not have others directly criticizing you about this. You took matters into your own hand, or at least I'm presuming grandma helped you take matters into your own hand. That's another story, my daughter. <laughs> but even like you said, you felt, I feel the same way. When I look at my arm hair, my leg hair, I am fine with it. I don't really see a problem. But when I look at it, what I hear are voices of other people telling me that it's a problem. I don't look at it and think, oh, this is gruesome or this is something I need to get rid of. Naturally, that's not my thought pattern. I genuinely hear other people's voices. I hear their stories, their experiences, including your experiences. And what can be so tough is that in an attempt to fit in, in an attempt to not be judged or criticized for something like our bodies, we're willing Mm -hmm. to go to these extremes. All right, mom. Well, let's get to my next question. What are the dangers of having a negative body image? Truly, what are they? (laughs) Yes, there are several risks, if I could call them risks of poor or negative body image. And these would include the fact that it can influence a person's not only academic performance, but even professional performance. Um, It could affect Um, one's happiness, um, including happiness in relationships. It could also influence the overall quality of life that is beyond talking about happiness. It influences physical and our our mental well-being. So the issue is that for some of us, the focus is frequently on certain location, So we might be obsessed about maybe our forehead, chin, nose, lips, arms, breasts, butts, legs, different parts might be the focus for uh, different individuals. And then some other people may not observe this alleged fault, but the particular individual is obsessed and thinks that everyone notices the particular uh, flaw. And then, of course, some people obsess over a fault to the point that it's a dysfunction, as I alluded to earlier, and therefore they need to seek professional help or they have the desire to seek professional help, you know, cosmetic surgery and things like that. Agreed. I thought you were saying, mom, like they need to as the solution. And I was going to say, absolutely not. They feel forced to, but then you got there. Exactly. (laughs) Because forced to. Exactly. (laughs) And what's so unfair is that these body image concerns have helped to keep many industries thriving, cosmetics, plastic surgery. There's so many that have exploited these insecurities that have been placed on us, that have been placed on the members of a particular culture. Because I'm not trying to shame these industries, but 
many companies wouldn't survive if not for these culturally defined quote unquote beauty standards. People wouldn't be obsessing over mom, like you've said, foreheads or noses or lips or um, legs, et cetera. There wouldn't be this fixation on these parts of our bodies that are there for an incredible purpose. Our bodies are designed so elegantly Yet we've been forced to feel a particular way about how they should appear overall or how specific parts of our body should appear. And what's unfair is that mom, like you and I have both shared, when we might look at a particular feature, objectively, we don't see anything wrong. We don't see a flaw. We see a part of our body. But then what we end up hearing are a lot of the feedback and comments that other members of our society, even our parents, even our family members have implanted. And it's such an unfortunate reality. And it's something that it's not easy to shake. And so I can see why people would feel as if they have to seek help in the form of a surgeon versus a therapist. So mom, what makes some people more susceptible to having a negative or poor body image? Because what I can absolutely say is that as much as I've run into people who will really shame their own bodies, who will Mm. slam their own features, I've also run into others who celebrate their features, who celebrate their unique aspects of their bodies. So there's a difference in how individuals of the same culture, the same society can feel about their body image. So what leads to that variation, that difference in the inclination for some people to have a distorted view, but others Mm. just don't? There are several factors, but I want to make this clear that people of all ages might have distorted views of their bodies. So uh, research has shown, for instance, that as early as being a toddler, that even amongst young toddlers, that they too have concern about their weight. We've already alluded to the fact that it could be based on one's parents, based on the environment response, uh, response or feedback that those individuals um, uh, receive. And um, happily, happily, I think this is a good thing. Many youngsters outgrow these concerns about their negative body images. But studies have shown that even body awareness in children as young as eight or nine years of age are more likely to be due to peer pressure and being self-conscious. And then studies have shown that as early as three years of life, our beliefs and views about our bodies begin to form. And we see that frequently. I'm sorry, wait, mom, one more time. Did you say three years? Yes. That young yes. is okay. when we're shaping some of our views about our body. Three years. Yes. As young studies wow. have shown that as early as Three years of life. How unfortunate is that? Very unfortunate because, again, uh, parents have a role to play. Uh, Frequently, we see that uh, one's parents' relationship with their own body can also contribute to these young people's relationship with their own body, seeing their body in a negative light. So, again, the way parents see themselves will impact how children view their bodies. As we grow older anyway, studies also suggest that our body satisfaction improves. 
an article that I came across in um, Psychology Today actually reports uh, some findings, recent findings of body satisfaction and how this changes across the lifespan. And that particular article also considers gender. This particular article showed that over the lifespan, both men and women enjoy minor gains in body satisfaction. I was happy to see that. And that women under the age of 54 have more noticeable gains in body satisfaction. So that means that over time, it's that improves. both men and women start to feel better about their yes. body. They start to feel more satisfied about their body. Yes. Okay, yes. good. But, Very good. But, but there's a point. Over the lifespan, <laughs> males are more satisfied with their bodies than women. More women have poor body image than men. That's, you know, to be fair, I'm not surprised by that. It could just be an artifact of the people I'm around, the majority of them being women and what they share about how they feel about their bodies. But I would expect more women to have poorer body images than men. Men have just lucked out. They were missed by the magazines a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to add that that societal pressure seems to be more on women, you know, to have the so-called ideal body vis-a-vis men. Right. But men don't escape either. Exactly. And I think that's Mm. important to highlight that, sure, it impacts both genders, but to Mm. be fair, studies do seem to support what I think all of us would expect, which is that more women are dissatisfied or have poor body images than men. Yes. Another article I also came across actually linked body image with race and ethnicity. And the authors seem to address the roles parents can have in conversations that have to do with skin color as it relates to their daughter. And the article talked about colorism, colorism being harmful to self-esteem and confidence, especially among dark-skinned girls. Okay, and it's also beneficial for parents anyway to begin to discuss skin color with their children at a young age. So again, when we talk about body image, we not only look at it in terms of age, in terms of gender, but we also have to address it in terms of even skin color or if you call it race and ethnicity. I would have and never then, thought of that, mom. I That completely skipped my mind. I didn't even lump it into this discussion at all. And it's fascinating. Yep. Exactly. And it's also mm-hmm. fascinating that there could be a recommendation to even have conversations from parents to their children, especially even like you've highlighted with daughters. I, yes. I'm guessing maybe you want that conversation too with your sons, but I get daughters too. And then depending on your child's age, Mm -hmm. you have to tailor, you know, the discussion or conversation so that it's age appropriate. I see. In what way do you feel as if what you tell a five-year-old about skin color would really differ to a 15-year-old? Yes. You You might not begin to, well, that's what this study And I guess other studies too have shown Mm -hmm. for anything, generally, you have to be age appropriate if you 
Wait, what? You have to be age appropriate? Excuse me, mom. Age appropriate? Uh, I didn't know that was even a thing. I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) If you want to talk about sex education, for instance, I mean, what you will discuss with a child of five would not be what what you would how you would go about the discussion with someone that is 12 will be different it, really? from how you go about with four years of age. Now I think you're joking, but this is serious <laughs> business, my daughter, honestly speaking, including the discussion about skin color, you know, Agreed. one has to be age appropriate uh, in that sense. Anyway, the bottom line, my daughter, is that the earlier we discuss body image related issues with young people, the better because we will be able to prevent body dissatisfaction, which can have adverse effects. I think this is also one of those cases where it highlights how tough parents must have it. I am not a parent, and so I haven't had to think this through, but I can't imagine how I would discuss body image or even skin color with a child. And I think part of what makes it challenging is that you know, a part of me wants to be protective. I don't want to highlight to my child how different they might be or how a particular feature might stand out. But I also realistically want them to be prepared and to be ready to have this understanding of just that, of how it might differ, of how it might stand out. Or maybe it doesn't differ. Maybe they're in settings where others look exactly like they do. But nevertheless, I think that must be so tough for parents to balance. And another thing is, I don't necessarily want to start an obsession by having an inappropriate discussion, right, mom, where if you start bringing something up, then I don't want my child to start obsessing and saying, wait, my mom has had this discussion with me extensively about my skin tone. Now, all I can think about is my skin color, my skin tone. That's all I can think about. And Or about weight. Exactly. Or about weight or... Right. And you also don't want to be the person pointing out. Right. And I presume you don't want to point out other, like you don't want to point out a chin that looks a bit interesting in your child. You don't want to. Or a forehead. Exactly. You don't want to. Exactly. Wait, mom, is this personal? Are you trying to tell me something? No, no, it's not not personal. (laughs) Because you were looking at me really hard and intensely there. No, we all have our shapes, different foreheads and chains and dimples and whatever. All of a sudden, my mom made direct eye contact with me and started mentioning parts that she was looking at. So I don't know. (laughs) Or maybe you are extra conscious about those parts that I just mentioned, but it wasn't personal. I saw your look. I saw your look. I know you. I've had many years with you. Okay. I've had decades. I know you. Oh. Gosh. Well, okay. That has been really interesting food for thought, mom. Mm. What Mm. we're really all here for, including myself, is how we can overcome negative body images, regardless Mm. of how extensive that negative view might be. How Mm. do we manage? How do we overcome that? Good question, my daughter. I mean, how can we deal with it? I mean, you have the body you have and um, you have the skin color. You have, you know, some of these things are genetics. You've brought it, you know, there's no changing. So how do you, you know, accept or deal with a negative body image? And this can be done in several ways. First of all, um, most of these things, if not all, 
is mental. You have to be able to shift your thinking about your body. You have to think of your experience with your body. I love my body, for instance. You have to think of your experience with your body rather than how people experience your body. Okay, because when you consider how people experience your body, then uh, that's when you begin to think of that they, whoever they are are thinking you are fat, you're too thin, because whether you're fat, whether you're thin, whether you're soft, whether you're hard, people will always have feedback or suggestions about your body. So you have to love your body. I have this mantra. I love my body. I love my body. I repeat it as often as possible, you know. Uh, another related way is to change your relationship with your body. So amid body image worry, it's important that we also think of our body's crucial usefulness or value. It's beyond the physical Try to remind yourself of what your body does for you, what your body accomplishes, because it accomplishes a lot. I mean, if I think of myself, my body contains all my organs and more. It helps me navigate the world. I mean, so it's important that we remind ourselves of these positive attributes, these values the value of our body and always remind yourself that yes, appearance is important, but should matter less than these other beautiful things that your body does or can do. So you need to put your body image back into perspective. It's also important that you also look for ways to improve your self-esteem Try to feel safe in your body. Many of us don't actually, it's part of not having the appropriate relationship with our bodies. But if you can try to feel safe in your body, that is going to help you overcome or deal with negative body image. And then one that I think is very important is to surround yourself. All are important, but this is particularly important that you surround yourself with those who love and accept you. These are your real friends. These are your true friends and these are your true family members. They are the ones who want the best for you. Absolutely. And that last tip, mom, is probably one of the most important ones. Mm it's going to really matter who you surround yourself with, who you spend time with. Because as much as you might be able to calibrate what you're looking at or how much time you're spending online, if in the real world, in reality, the people around you are cutting you down or destructive, then quite frankly, your online time isn't going to give you the positive rewards that you need. It's it's honestly going to be a moot point. But if you have those around you who are constructive, they're there to help build you up. They're there to help provide support. Then the rest can be supplemental and help you in your process as you're overcoming that negative body image. But realistically, 
you know, the real life will matter. It will matter who you're around physically. Well, depending on where in the world you are with the pandemic, it'll matter where you are. It'll matter who you're with physically. So mom, another thing is being there for other people. So being there for our friends, for our relatives, our loved ones who are struggling with body image issues. I think it's tough to balance kind of listening and saying, yes, I understand with countering it. But sometimes you feel as if you're giving little white lies because there are some concerns, even concerns that I'll share about myself that they they just are facts. They are quote unquote issues, even though they're society defined issues. And I don't necessarily want other people lying to me about what I can see firsthand when it comes to me. So how are we able to be there for other people yet not employ deception or little white lies per se? That, very good question, my daughter. And yes, I'm not going to take too much time uh, in answering this. Uh, but we can suggest that our friend or the individual express their feelings, but they should refrain from making derogatory comments about their body. So be it their weight or whatever they consider as flaws, express emotions, but not in a negative way. We can also advise them to participate in beneficial activities, um, such as cooking or eating healthy meals together. Do things together. It could also include inviting them to exercise with you. Let's walk. Let's do yoga together. Let's engage in hobbies that you know they would enjoy and that you enjoy. This way you'll be able to help you know, uh, the other person. Awesome. Well, thank you, mom, for all of what you've shared today about body image. I think at this point, we're ready for your quote. My quote for today is by Harriet Tubman. Quote, every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world, end of quote. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for spending time with us. Yes, we want to hear from you. Give us feedback on what you heard today and suggestions for topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. You can email us at catchingcurveballs at gmail.com. That's catchingcurveballs, all one word, at gmail.com. Or you can text us at 650-360-7282. That's 650-360-7282. Also remember to follow us on Instagram for much more content at Catching Curveballs Podcast. That's Catching Curveballs Podcast. And as always, remember to rate, review, and tell everyone you know about the podcast. We cannot wait to connect with you soon.